to Pei Zion Amid Beis, the beginning of the Gemara. So the Mishnah started off by saying that if a person finds a get in two columns, so it's, let's say, column A is the beginning part of the get and column B is a continuation, the halacha is that if the Adam sign on the bottom, it's kosher. So the Gemara just has the following question. It's a very simple question, and that is, Lichosh Dilmahane Trek Etave, why aren't you concerned that these two columns are not really two columns of one get, but actually there were two actual get? You'd have the get on the, let's say the get on the right. Um, one second. That the get on the right, the date of the get on the right was equal to the bottom, meaning... You have a get on the right, let's say started, uh, whatever, I don't know, the top of the page, and the get on the left was originally higher up, and he cut it. Meaning, you have a get that goes in two columns. Why aren't you concerned that really it was two different get, and one of the husbands cut off the bottom of the first one and the top of the other to make it look like it's one get, but it really was two different get. His get, let's say, had to know him he didn't want to deal with, so he just cut it out. He, he you know, he... Uh, he tampered with it. Why isn't that concerned? So the Gemara says, Amr of Abba Merab. So the question is specifically is that how, how, why aren't you concerned, Gazi Lezman de Basra, that he cut. Yeah, meaning he cut both of them. So let's say he cut the get on the left, he cut the top off, and he cut the bottom of the get on the right. So the Gemara says, The case is specifically where there's a blank. On the get on the right, it can't be that he cut off the bottom because there's a space under it. So it's clear that it wasn't tampered. I mean, it's not like the words went to the bottom of the page. There's a space under the words, so it's clearly that the get on the right was not cut off. So the Gemara says, what about the get on the left? Dilma's man de basra megas guys. And maybe he cut off the top of the get on the left. The answer is there's a space in the bottom of the one on the right and the top of the one on the left, so it could it cannot have it could not have been tampered. The Dilma Imluche Imlich, but okay, another Kasha. You're saying that it's clearly one get written by the husband in two different columns. Understood. But maybe he didn't write it all at once. Right? Pasha says he wrote it once, he ran out of space and he went into the column B. Maybe he originally started writing it. Then changed his mind and said, you know what, I don't want to divorce my wife. Forget it. I don't want to do this. And then, then, which by the way, automatically puzzles that part of the get. And then later on, he's like, you know what, no, I'm back in. If that's what happened, meaning why are you assuming that he just ran out of space and then continued in column B? Maybe it was written at two different time periods. The first time he decided to wanted to divorce his wife and then he changed his mind. In which case that part of the get is puzzled. So how do you know that's not what happened? So the Gemara says, the answer is, it's one long sentence. Meaning, he wrote on the bottom of the paragraph A that went to the bottom, he wrote, and obviously the next words are, he wrote on the top of the next page. It's unlikely that he would, that clearly shows that he didn't stop in middle. That clearly shows he ran out. Maybe, perhaps, he did stop in middle, and he happened to stop in middle of a sentence. It's just kuli highly chashin. It's so un, uh, unlikely that uh, we're not concerned about that. Uh, another answer of the kasha, which is, how do you know that it wasn't tampered with? Ravashi de We could check from the uh, the margins. Apparently, the outside of the get was stretched in a certain way that you could tell it was not cut. Okay. Now, 
the Mishnah said that if the Edom sign on the top or on the side of a, a get, no good. Eini is this true of a harav chasim and atzad. Rav would take a sign on the side of the document. So if Rav signed on the side of the document, this obviously means that you're allowed to do that. So the answer is chasim shigaga kapiksav. The answer is when Rav would write it, he wrote the words. Let's say the the the, the writings of it. He wrote on the side, but the top of the letters faced the side. Meaning, he didn't write it. Um, he didn't write it horizontal to the ksav. He wrote it vertical with the top of the letters facing the ksav. So let's say the you know think of the ksav as like a like a sefer like a like shma you know like a mezuzah. He wrote it on the side, but he didn't write it horizontal to the side. He wrote it vertical with the top of the letters facing the side. If the top of the letters are facing uh, facing ksav, that is a kosher ksiva. Okay. Wait a minute, you're telling me that if the top of the letters face a ksav, it's kosher, elahadiktani. But it also taught in the Mishnah, Hekev Roshah Shalzeh, Mitzad Roshah Shalzeh, Ve'edim Be'emtza, Shneim Psulim, Ve'lichsi Haimenayu Klape Ksav L'skosher. One of the cases of the Mishnah is that if you have a, a get, two get on one page, where the get, the top get is facing, the words are facing the ceiling, so it's, it's facing away from you. The bottom get is facing the floor. And if you write the the signatures are in the middle. It's possible. Why? Because it's above it's above the bottom ksav, but it's facing the wrong way in the top ksav, so it's no good. But now if you're telling me that as long as the top of the letters are facing ksav, it's kosher, so in this case it should be kosher on the top. If you look at, uh, you know, Art Scroll happens to have a picture, but over here, if it's like this, so the letters, the top of the letters are facing the top ksav, it should be kosher. So the Gemara says, Hasam derami lebi'igra. The case of the Mishnah is not where the words are in between the Ksavim in such a way. Rather, it's it's where it's the words are not horizontal between the two Ksavim, but rather vertical. In the cases like this, where the if you I have a, I'm holding up the article for this, it's like this. So over here, the top of the Ksav, the top of the letters are not facing any Ksav. That's why it is possible. So Gemara says, wait a minute, Yahachi. If that's if the letter if the words are if the signatures are perpendicular, then save it diktani reisha shelzeh b'tzad soifer shelzeh ve'edim be'emza eshe'edim nikrum b'soifer kasher. The next part of the Mishnah, right? The Mishnah had two cases. You had where the top ksav is facing the ceiling and the bottom ksav is facing the ground. And then we said if the words are in the middle, it's possible. And we thought the words were going horizontal. Then the next case of the Mishnah was. The next case of the Mishnah was where the top ksav is facing down and the bottom ksav is facing up, and we said if the word's in the middle, the top ksav is kosher. Now that's because we were assuming the words are across, but now if you're telling me that it's perpendicular, that it's vertical between the two ksavim, then it should be possible in both cases. What, what's the difference? If you look at the pictures, it makes a lot of sense. So the Gemara says, El Arav have a Rather go back. When Really, you can't sign on the side of a ksav. It doesn't matter whether the top of the letters are facing the ksav or not. It's irrelevant. I, Rav, did it. The answer is, Rav never signed when he was an aid of a, aid of a get. Rav would only sign when he was, uh, when they would write a summons to court. Rav would have to sign basically saying that it's not a, it's not a forgery. But that's not like being made. When he would sign as an aid... He would not sign it on the side. He would only sign it on the side when it's sort of like, you know, it's like, you know, like a mashkiach has to sign that he was there. That type of signing, it's fine. But when he actually be made, he would never sign on the side. Okay? 
get shekasvu ivris and ksav seifu ve'ed kosher. Ksav seifu ve'ed kosher, what's the case? I'm reviewing chasam seifu shenino. The case is not. I told you when we read the Mishnah, there's two ways to understand this case. One case, one understanding is that the cipher wrote the get, and there was only one aid signed. So you have the signing of one aid plus the cipher's handwriting, that's enough. Says the Gemara, no, chasam cipher shininu. The case is that the cipher himself signed. So it's one witness signed plus the cipher also signed. So you actually have two aidim. But one aid is not enough. Amr of Chizda, Hamani, who is the author of this Mishnah that we allow a cipher to sign, it's Rav Yossi, it's the opinion of Rav Yossi, which we've learned in the past, um, that Rav Yossi holds that a, a, a shliach cannot appoint another shliach, and therefore there's no concern, right, really we should outlaw a cipher signing it, because the concern is, if we allow a cipher to sign, then what's going to happen if the husband appoints shluchim to get a cipher to, to write it and get two shluchim to sign, and the cipher is embarrassed and he's upset that he doesn't sign, so they're going to appoint him to sign, which is not the husband's wishes, which is possible. So really, there would be a savara to possible to invalidate cipher from signing. The reason why it's permitted is because it follows Rav Yossi. Rav Yossi holds that a shliach cannot appoint a shliach at all under any circumstance. Therefore, the cipher can only sign if the husband himself appointed. Therefore, there's no concern of them going off script because they're not allowed to go off script. Okay. There was a certain ksuba to ask Yechem the Ravavo, that uh, they came in front of Ravavo because he recognized uh, Seifram's handwriting. So it had one, the cipher wrote it and it had one signature. He thought that would be okay because he thought that's what the Mishnah said. It's fine. They said, no, the case of the Mishnah is that the cipher himself signed it as well. It's not just an Eid Echad, an Eid Echad would be possible. The case of the Mishnah is that it's it, it's two Adam, the aid and the cipher. If you write the uh, the husband and the wife's surname, that's uh, fine. begin. If you use the family surname, ad yudoris. You could use it. The surnames in the times of the Gemara was not a last name. What it would do is they would have like one ancestor's name and they would just basically call the entire family after that. Like Mordechai ben Kish. Even though it's not his his father wasn't Kish, it was his great-great-grandfather, but they would call it the Kish family. Okay. So it says the Gemara that only works if the person that you're named after was within ten generations. Once it's more than ten generations, then it's too separate, then it's too too much removed, then it's no good. Rav Shimbet Elazar says, no, you only have three dairies. Who is the following Bryce that says you only have three generations to sign a get after that surname? Is Keman Kerr Shimbet Elazar. Okay. Amr Huna Micro, what does it mean? What's the Pasuk, what's the source that three generations... After three generations, it's already removed. As Pasuk says, You'll have children and grandchildren, and you'll become aged. Meaning once it hits the grandchildren, which is the third generation, you have the grandfather, the child, and the grandchild, then it's, then you'll become aged. Okay? Now, This Pasuk Pashas is talking about sinning and talking about eventually things that lead to a Chorban. Okay, 
Eretz Yisrael was not destroyed until they had seven royal courts doing Avodah meaning seven kings and the grandchildren doing Avodah Who are the seven generations? Number one is Yeravim ben Avot, then Basha ben Achia, then Achav ben Omri, then Yehu ben Nimshi, then Pekach ben Ramalia, then Menachem ben Gadi, and finally Hashem ben Ela. Hashem ben Ela was the king was was um, was alive when the ten tribes were exiled. So he already felt that that's the beginning of the Chorban. Shenemar, Umlolo Yeledes Hashva. Those that that gave birth to seven is desolate. Nafcha Nafsha. Her spirit is, is miserable. Ba Her son will is is beginning to set. Busha She's embarrassed and ashamed. So this is seven. That after seven generations, that's already when the base of English is going to be, beginning of Golas. Amravami Mikra, what's the potsuk? Ki silent bonum bene bonum. Ah, meaning. Uh, one second. Ah, uh, meaning the, the, the allusion to seven is Tyson explains that you have, you'll give birth, that's you, then your children and your grandchildren. And then children of children is two times two, I guess is three, and then you have two times two is four. Three plus four is seven. That's hard to understand exactly the drush in that one. Okay. Amalur of Kahana Ravasi the Rav. Ksiv who was the king when the ten tribes were were exiled. It says regarding Hashem. It says that he did evil, but he was not as evil as other kings. Ksiv. Allah of Allah Shalmanasa. Against him, the, the the king of Assyria destroyed. So he was a he wasn't that evil, but he was the king that uh, was reigning when the ten tribes were exiled. So Amrlu. So the question is so the question is if he's not so evil as other kings, so why so why um, why was he? What, what happened in his time that there was exeria against Klaus? We know that Yerav Ben Avot. One of the terrible things is that he appointed uh, sentries to stop people from Baila Regal. Hoshea was mevatolit. That's a good thing. He wasn't evil. The problem was the Jewish people still didn't go up, and now it shows that even when they had the option, they then they didn't. Since it was even worse. I mean, the reason why the Chorban happened, the Chorban began when the king was not so evil, is because when the king is evil, okay, Klaisal basically like had a heter. Had a heter, they had a taina, they had an excuse. But once the king wasn't evil anymore, and they were still not doing the right thing, then it was a tremendous kitrig. Because of those years that you did not ascend, they'll go into captivity. What does it mean by Hashem That Hashem brought the destruction quickly. He brought it upon us. Because Hashem is righteous. You mean Hashem destroys because He's righteous? That Hashem destroys us because He's righteous? It doesn't make sense. What it means is what it means is like this. Um, we know that the, the Jewish people had, there were two exiles. The first waves of exiles with a lot of Rabbanim was during Yechonia. 
And then eventually with Sitkia, which is the destruction of Esau the Hashem is righteous. What it means is even when Hashem destroys the Jewish people, He does it in a way of righteousness that Hashem paved the way, that He got, He did the first Golus, but kept those Rabbanim and Sadiqim alive in Bavil so that when the rest of Eretz Yisrael was destroyed, they would have a place to go. Meaning Hashem was already planning it, that Hashem made it like a, the Rufu Kaidin Lamaka, that He sent many of the big Rabbanim first down 11 years earlier, so they already established Bavil. So that when the Beis HaMikdash was officially destroyed, there will be a place for the Jewish people to go. The Pesach says that Hashem sent those Jews, HaKharish V'Hamazgir Elef, the exiled Kharish and the Mazgir were 1,000. What's Kharish? Kharish is referring to Tamid Echam, Shebeshash HaPayischin, Nasen because when they talk, everyone becomes Kharish like a mute. So Hashem sent them down. Mazgir... It means gatekeepers refers to because once they close the sugi, there's no reopening it because they they know everything. The common how many of these scholars were sent down to Bavel? Elaf a thousand. Um, Ula Amar. Another explanation of why it was, you know, tzedakah that Hashem how Hashem destroyed us. The pasuk says that noishantem they're going to become old. That means that Akedah Shparko at some point will become tired of us. Leilin will be a real destruction. Now Yishantim is Gematria 852. Which means, if they stay in Eretz Yisrael for 852 years, it's very, very bad. So what Hashem do? Hashem exiled us two years before. Hashem exiled us before it got really, really bad. So there will be still some schosim. Amr Rebach, Abar Yaakov, Shema you see from here, Mehera, Demari Alma, Tam Nemeh, V'chamish, and Tartan. Then when Hashem says Mehera, the Pasuk says, you'll become old, Hashem will destroy you quickly. How long is 852 years? That means Mehera. In the eyes of Hashem, quickly is 852 years. Okay. Next Mishnah deals with a concept called Get Meusa. Get Meusa means a coerced get. Now, contrary to popular opinion, you're actually not let to force someone to divorce his wife. It invalidates the get. The only time you're allowed to is if Bezdin Paskins that he has to divorce her. Either because she's done things that would require divorce, like she committed adultery, or if he's refused to give her again, not gonna. But if you have a husband and wife that they're just, you know, decided to divorce each other and the, and you break the husband's leg, it actually invalidates the get. That's called the Gemusa. So it says the Mishnah, Gemusa. If you have a get that was uh, that was forced, be Israel, if the coercion was done by a Jewish court and it was required then it's kosher. But if the coercion was done by a non-Jewish court, it's puzzle. It is not a good get. We do not allow a guy to force a Jew to give a get. And the Gemara is going to elaborate, is this a biblical problem, a non-biblical problem? But even though a guy court can't coerce the get, they could beat the husband and tell him, do what the Jewish people tell you. I mean, they can't just break his legs, but they could beat him and say, are you going to listen to the Jews? Okay, that's kosher. If you have a get that was forced by a Jewish court, Kedin, if coercion was done according to Torah law, I mean that Bezdin says that he has to divorce. It's kosher. Shaloi Kedin, let's say it was done without concerning Bezdin, meaning that he didn't do anything wrong and he just broke his legs, then it's possible. Not a good get. But Upaisel, even though it's not a good get, it still invalidates her from marrying a Kayin if he subsequently dies. Because it's reyach a get, it's it's uh, like smells like a get. Ubayvik Let's say the get was procured by force by a geisha court, 
Kedin, even if it was done according to Torah law, meaning even if the Bezdin would have got involved, but yet a Gaish accord, it's puzzle. Upoisel. So it's not a good get, but it invalidates her from marrying a Kayan, which is strange because it's sort of like, if it's a good get, it's a good get. If it's not a good get, it's not a good get. Shaloi Kedin, more elaborate, Shaloi Kedin, if it was done by a Gaish accord, not in Torah law, Afilu Reich boy. It's nothing. It doesn't invalidate from a Kahuna, nothing. So let's analyze the case where a Gaish court forces you to do it, but they did a Kedin. You know, if you'd ask a rabbi, they would say they did the right thing, but it was a Gaish court. So we said, it's a puzzle get, but it invalidates her from Kahuna. So the Gemara says, Marashach, I don't understand. If we, if we accept a Bezdin, if we accept a Gaish court from doing this, that biblically it's a valid get, then it's Garshinai Lisker. Should we go okay? If, but if they're not legally competent to compel Jews, then Mifsalai Pipsal, so then what Mifsalai Mifsal, so then how come it, it, it apostle from Kahuna? So Amrav Misharshia, the answer is like this on a biblical level, get Kasher. If it's done Kedin, a Goyesha court, on a biblical level, it's a Kasher get. So really, it is a Kasher get. Chazal made it not a Kasher get, so how come Chazal invalidated it? Umatam Amru Pasal. And the reason that's why it's possible for Kahuna, because it's a kosher get midiraisa. So how come the rabbi said it's not a kosher get the rabbanon? Shleite galachas viachas heilechas v'toyla atzma b'avi gechavim mafkas atzma b'dei ambayla. So that we don't want every person running to geisha courts and having geisha thugs beat up Jews. In order to stop this, Chazal said you're not going to a geisha court. So Gemara says, wait a minute. So you see, that's the issue. It's ihachi. If that's the case, if you're telling me that a Gaisha court really biblically should be treated as a Jewish court, so what happens when a Jewish court does a Shalaikadin? So we said Shalaikadin, if a Jew coerces someone to give a get, Shalaikadin, meaning not the way, not that it's required, the halacha is it's not a kosher get, but it's reach a get that in puzzles are for kahuna. But if a Gaisha court does it, it's nothing. So the question is like this Iachi, if you tell me that a Gaisha court biblically is able to coerce, then Shalaikadin Afilariachin by Hanavi Shalaikadin be so mifsal nami lifsal. I don't understand. If Ramasharshi is right that on a biblical level Goyim and Jews are the same in these things, then how come Shalaikadin, how come there's a difference? How come Shalaikadin by a Jew apostles from Kuna and Shalaikadin by a guy doesn't? What's the difference? Elahadar of Masharshi Badusi. Rather this explanation of Ramasharshi is incorrect. Because if a Goyesha court coerces it's not biblically valid. So really, Kedin, it's the Puzzle Kahuna. The Puzzle gets So how come, the time of Isa, how come if, if a Goyesh court coerces Kedin, does it invalidate Kahuna? Kedin, Dibedin Yisrael Michlaf, it's a Gzeira. It's Pashat Gzeira. The reason why we say it's Puzzle Kahuna is because Kedin by a Jew is valid. So Kedin by a Goya is a Gzeira, we make a Puzzle Kahuna. But Shaloi Kedin, Bechedin Yisrael Michlaf. But a coerce, a get that's coerced by Shaloi Kedin, we're not concerned that it'll get confused by Shalekadin by a Jew. <clears throat> Therefore, there's no reason to actually make Xer. So it's purely Xer. It's not a biblically valid court. It's Xer. Okay. Now, another halacha. Abai Ashkhil Rav Yosef. Abai found Rav Yosef, the Yosef Vikamasagiti. He was forcing a husband to issue a get. Now, Amrlei, <coughs> he says, Abai is sister of Yosef, Hanan had Yotis tonight. We'd never have smicha. They didn't have smicha in Bavel, they were not ordained. And as we'll see in a moment, if you didn't have proper smicha, you're not allowed to coerce a get anyway. 
Banan had the Yodistan Betanya, Harifar and Aimer, Kamakam Shatamitsa, Aguria Shalvik Khavim. Ritafini say whenever you find gathering of Goyim as judges, Afishidinaim Kidini Sro, even though their laws are identical to laws of Jews, you have to rash the Zakal and you can't go to a Goyish court, Shinema, Elam Meshbash, Matasim Lufnayim. Lufnaim Lofnaim. Okay. But then in Adichidish, Lufnayim Veloy Lufnay had Yaitis. Lufnaim also means that a Jewish court has to be ordained. We're not ordained. So if Yosef responded, Anon Dinun, the answer is, there's such a concept that even if you don't have smicha, you're allowed to be a shliach of those that have smicha. So therefore, we're authorized as shluchim of the courts of Eretz Yisrael that have smicha. How do I know this? That's the only reason why we're allowed to do anything monetary. That if a person's money that he owes money, that in Bavel they would make him pay. I, they don't have smicha. The answer is the shluchim of the courts in Eretz Yisrael that have smicha. So wait a minute. If you're telling me that we're shluchim, then how come in Bavel they were not allowed to, to, to oversee court cases involved in gazelas and chavalas of knossos and gazela? Say, oh, they don't have smicha. So what, you shluchim? The answer is, ki avdina shlicha sayu, milsa de shlicha, milsa de shlicha, milsa de The answer is, you're only a shliach of the courts of Eretz Yisrael for things that are common. Classic monetary law is common. Theft and and penalties was not common. So therefore, he's a lot of force again, because it's a common occurrence. He's a shliach of those courts of Eretz Yisrael. Okay, let's start the Mishnah. We'll do the Mishnah, then we'll stop. Yotza shema be'ir mikudeshes. If let's say there is a rumor that a woman had kedushin, you have to treat her as kedushin. She's not allowed to marry someone else unless she gets divorced. Migoreshes. If let's say the wife of a koyin, there's a rumor that she's already divorced from her husband, she can't stay with him. We accept the rumors. Unless there's mitigating factors that make the rumors not strong. I mean, let's say the rumor that she has mikudeshes that she got married. Within the rumor itself, there's there's sort of there's more to the story. The Gemara gives an example. What's more to the story? Let's say the case of, let's say there was, we said if the a wife of a coin is rumored to have been divorced, she can't stay with her husband. What if there's an Amasa? What if there's more to the story? Meaning, what if Girish the case was, the rumor was that he divorced her on condition. Meaning, he only divorced her if she fulfills a certain condition. So then the rumor is not very strong, because then, even if you see them together, you'll just say, ah, vice de she didn't fulfill the condition. Therefore, that's an amasla, and it r- breaks the rumor. Or let's say the rumor that a woman got married, but the case was, people said, zarak la kedushin, suffer kar of loy, suffer kar of loy. The case, people are not just saying they got married, people are saying that he threw her kedushin, we're not sure whether it was a good kedushin. If in the rumor itself, there's mitigating factors, then the rumor is ruined, and she's not actually... Uh, treated as Mikudashas. I will stop here and pick it up on Sunday.